Welcome. Thank you for joining us here at AmazingLove.org. And, uh, you know, it's been a dream of mine to reach people all across the world with a message of Jesus and his love. And so whether you're joining us from near or far, so glad that you're here. And uh, we'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. So if he's blessed you by this ministry, please email us at impactatamazinglove@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week ongoing, please go to AmazingLove.org and go to our giving tab. But now may God bless you. May he guide you. May he speak into your life and direct you all through the power of his love. Thank you. Welcome to Amazing Love, and I want to know out of all the stories, how many love the movie Elf? Yeah, it's awesome, it's awesome. And it's a time to watch those Christmas movies, it's a time to just celebrate the season. And you are here because we have the greatest story. It's a story about a world that was in waiting, and when waiting was finally over, because a Savior had appeared. And I believe that during this Christmas season, you have the opportunity to draw closer to Jesus than you've ever had opportunity before because he is here, my friends, and he is the strength that we need. So welcome to this place. And before we get to Christmas Eve, I, you know, I just wanted to wonder, maybe among the children, how many wish that it would be Christmas and opening presents time like tomorrow? Anyone, anyone, anyone like you just wish it was tomorrow, let's be done you know, some adults are like, yeah, it's stressful. Let's just be, you know, let's be there, right? You know, and, uh, and yet we know what it is to wait. And usually it's true that, that we have to wait for things that are good. And, and, and so we're talking about waiting a little bit during this whole series. And we're going to talk about different series and seasons of our lives. And, um, and, and so we know what it is again to wait. What I've noticed is how Christmases have changed over the last years. I was on Facebook, and I saw on someone's feed, they, they had this picture that says, like if you remember. Now, does anyone remember that ceramic Christmas tree? Yeah, we didn't have like a real tree that one Christmas. We used that thing, and we put Christmas presents around it. Yeah, it was pretty awesome, you know. And, and then you look at like all the different tree, tree options there are now. I mean, they make spectacular fake trees now. Yeah, and we're not going to buy a new one. I'm sorry. We got, it. We got one that's great because it'll work. Anyway, you know, they're just awesome trees. And, and I consider just how lights have changed. You know, you used to have those big fat bulbs. You know, anyone, anyone have those big fat bulbs growing up? And then, and then we had the icicle light transition. And now we got the LED lights. Oh, my goodness. Those are awesome, right? That, that, that faint blue, that's really cool. We just uh, recently upgraded our Christmas tree, and we had to do the LED style, and it's a ridiculous style. But let me show you my tree. Um, here it is. And, and, and this thing just, it like, dances. And it looks, it's not very classy, but we love it, okay? Um, so, so no judging, please. Um, 
And, and then I think of just like if you want to be lazy decorator, um, what, what's available to you. And, and the lazy decoration I, I had here, you know, you don't have to go on the roof anymore and I have snowflakes on the house. Yes, I'll be lazy all day so I don't have to be out in the cold. But Christmas has changed, don't they? And we, we've seen them change. And, and what's interesting is sometimes, I don't know if you ever find yourself during this season longing for a Christmas past. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like maybe you had this just one magical Christmas and like everything came together. You had the best present and the family was getting along and maybe even mom or dad got a promotion. And sometimes I find myself, and maybe, maybe it's just me, maybe it's not, but longing for a Christmas that, that no longer exists. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I long for a time and a place that will never be reduplicated, and it seems, especially during this season, sometimes I long for Christmas's past. You know what I'm saying? And as seasons change, I would, I would ask kind of a, maybe a lower question, but this is my Debbie Downer question. What if, what if this Christmas isn't your preferred Christmas? What if this Christmas you're, you're, you're looking at, and, and there are some just hard circumstances because we all have seasons don't we we all have seasons and maybe it's a Christmas and 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 you're moved and you're trying to find a new normal and and that's hard and and maybe some of you longs to go back maybe it's a Christmas and and your marriage just isn't going well and and you thought marriage would be a certain way and it's not turning out to be and and you don't know what to do Maybe there's some kids, and, and, and you, you used to like your class, but now you're not getting along, and, and you're wondering, man, if I could just get past this season. Maybe there's some career people who thought, like, I thought my career was going to be this way, and it's changed. It can never really be what I envisioned, and I'm just... Sometimes we're in unpreferred seasons. Isn't it true? And sometimes we're just waiting for the new season to come because the current season's just a little bit rough. And what do we do with that? That's what I want to speak to today. And that's what we're going to chime in with, through the lens of God's Word. And I believe to my core that there can be strength no matter what season you are in. Whether it's a good one, whether it's a bad one, whether it's in between, I believe there is strength available to us no matter what season that we are in. And I wanted to pause and I just wanted to welcome everyone who might be new to Amazing Love. I wanted to welcome you if you're online and you're not a Christian. I want to welcome you if you don't consider you a Christian and you're here. I just want to say I believe that there is hope for you. I believe that there is something about God that can work in you. I believe that there is strength available for you. And I'm just hoping that one of the best gifts could happen spiritually in your heart this Christmas as this message takes hold. I believe it can, and I believe it's powerful. May God bless us. So we're going to get into the Word, okay? And I'm, gonna, I'm doing a little bit differently. Usually we read the whole section, and then I like talk about it. I'm going to like piecemeal today. So I'm going to talk a little bit, and then talk about the passage, and talk a little bit, and talk about the passage. So if you've been here, it's a little bit different paradigm, but sometimes we change things, you know, and... and Hold on, okay. Um, but I wanted to tell you about a period where the people of God were in a rough season, okay? The people of God, the Israelites, they, they didn't have a bad Christmas. Rather, they were in captivity. And if you know anything about the story, there was a period uh, where they went to Babylon, the people of God, they, they, they were in captivity for about 70 years. Now imagine how bad that would be. <laughs> it's worse than a bad Christmas or kids not getting along. They're in a country not their own. 
They're in a people not their own. They're, they're serving someone not their own. They're in homes that are not their own. For sure, they're probably longing to be back where they were in the glory days back in Jerusalem. But that is gone. That is gone. And the attitude that they were probably feeling in captivity, because Jerusalem fell in 586 B.C. and they were there in Babylon for about 70 years, the thought that they felt, I believe Isaiah put his thumb on, put his finger on. And Isaiah said this, he said, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say Israel? Because he knew they'd be complaining in captivity. And why do you say my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Now some of you who might just be joining us are like, that's in the Bible? That's amazing because that's exactly how I felt. I felt at times that my way was hidden. You know, pastor, if I was honest with you, I felt at times that like God, I wanted to experience him and I felt nothing. And pastor, if I was honest with you, I would tell you sometimes I prayed with all of my might and I didn't hear anything. And pastor, I would tell you I've longed for seasons to change and nothing changed. And what do I do with that? Because I would say I felt my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregard. Maybe he just doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't see. Maybe he doesn't care. I've been there. If you've ever been in that season... I need to tell you a little bit about sin in this world. See, Christmas could have been perfect. And your life could have been perfect too. If not for the garden. If not for Adam and Eve who sinned against the Lord and opened the greatest Pandora's box of evil so that every season we face now has struggle as well. I need to tell you that sin has screwed everything up. Sin is a greater mess than you have considered maybe before. Sin has brought so many problems, whether it be politically in your own life, everywhere. And I would tell you that if you hold God accountable for what sin has done, you're playing into the devil's hands. If you're saying to God, why are you letting me suffer and why are you doing this to me? I would say you're gating a wedge between your relationship with God and this is distrust. Sin created sufferings. It was not our God the first thing I would offer for you to do is to repent. If ever you've held God accountable for a season of suffering, I would say repent of that attitude of distrust. Repent of that attitude of sin. And I offer a new lens. And I offer a new light. Because here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. That God's silence, yes, you might experience that. Yes, you might have had prayers unanswered. But God's silence does not indicate his absence or his apathy. This season, if it's a tough one, I don't know where you're at. Maybe it's a good one. That'd be greater. But if it is tough, I just need to tell you, he is not absent or apathetic. He is there right now to hear you, there right now to care for you. And that's what we get to explore this morning and get some strength from. In fact, Isaiah, he would go on and he would speak to this. He would say, do you not know, people? Have you not heard the Lord? He's an everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. And do you know what I'm talking about if I refer to a mom radar? Mom radar? Mom radar? Okay, let me explain it. Mom radar, I think, is this idea that uh, based on, like, the umbilical cord in the womb or something happens, that the intuition between a mom and a child is just strong. 
you know? Like, it's kind of like Santa Claus. Like, mom knows when they're sleeping. Mom knows when they're awake. He, she knows when they're naughty or nice, so be good for goodness sake, right? There's just this mom radar. And dad gets upset with the mom radar because sometimes the radar is going off on a date with dad. And, and, and the mom radar is, like, like, pinging and searching for, like, reception and, like, please turn off the mom radar because we have a dad radar. I'm right here. Anyway, it's just anyway. Um, but, but a mom radar is this idea that you just keep, you know, connected with your children somehow in a way where you know what they're at emotionally. You know where they are. You know what they're up to. You just have that, that kind of radar on them. If that's how we can feel for our own children as imperfect people, if you can relate to that on any level or have had concern for people, how much more, how much more the Creator who made you there is one, I believe, who has ordained all your days before they ever came to be. There is one who has counted the hairs on your head. There is one who has knit you together in your mother's womb. And I just want you to tell you, he's got you on the radar. It is not malfunctioning. He knows exactly the season. He knows exactly the situation that you are facing. And whether you experience him or not, feel him or not, I need to tell you, he is there You know the problem? We are way too introspective. It's all about me. I personally blame it on the Facebook quizzes. Anyone take Facebook quizzes? Like, if you were like a character of Frozen, which one would you be? You know, you plug in your birth date and you like a sense of humor. You're Olaf. Awesome, you know. If you were a deep dish pizza, what would you be? Well, you'd be jalapenos because you're spicy. Anyway, you know, you know all those fake Facebook, they just fuel this, you know, me-centric culture, this narcissistic culture, this, this, this it's, it's up to me thing. We are so introspective. And, and the, the thing is, if we just consider that we're powerful enough and we're enough to get through it, it will not work. It will fail every time. And you will have no peace about your own ability to conquer this mountain or this season or whatever's in your life. The opportunity for us is to get our minds wrapped up in someone higher. And he is no longer, he's not only the creator of all things, he's also the everlasting God. The everlasting, we, we, can't, we have a hard time comprehending everlasting. We, we have a hard time, we, we say it's Jesus' birthday at Christmas, and that's his like, physical birthday, but we have a hard time saying that God had no birthday. You ever been there? I remember this devotion I had with my dad, and I'm just like, tell me when his birthday is. I don't care if it was like a million, billion, trillion years ago. Just tell me when he started. He didn't start. I'm like, what? I don't know. <sighs> right? But this God who never had like a birthday, this God who's always there, that means he was there in every season. There is never a time that he was not with you. There is never a time that he did not know, and there never will be a time that he is not with you, and there never will be a time that he will not know. This is the everlasting God who is in every time period, in every circumstance, and how awesome, how awesome is this? So we have chance to, again, lose ourselves, getting wrapped up in the thoughts of God, I consider one quote as I was considering um, this lesson, a, a, a Bible commentator who said this, he never so much as begins to abandon his vigilant care for his children. I love just sometimes old school words. Vigilant care for his children, much less will he fail at it. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? 
But now I want to talk a little bit about losing yourself in wonder. Losing yourself in wonder. Lose yourself. Sorry, I have the Eminem refrain in my mind. I'm sorry he's not a good, God-pleasing person to listen to. But anyway, lose yourself in wonder. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, we had a teen event yesterday, and, and uh, we had a chance to go downtown Chicago. And have you ever been lost downtown in the lights? Lost downtown in the, the amazement? We saw the Macy's window, and uh, we've been to the Walnut Room. Here's a picture of the Walnut Room. Anyone ever eaten at the Walnut Room? I am surprised how many people order mac and cheese at the Walnut Room. Because I have the observatory, and it just smells like mac and cheese. I'm like, out of all the things I order at the Walnut Room, I'm not getting mac and cheese. I'm telling you that. Anyway, um, <laughs> but it, it, that's, that's an amazing tree. Or we saw the, the tree downtown, uh, Millennium Park, right? There's the group. And, and every now and then, things just take your breath away, right? It could be the snowfall, you know, at this time of year, the first snow. And what this season affords you, whether it be the music or the atmosphere, being home is you get a sense where you can lose yourself in wonder. And how awesome is that, to lose yourself in wonder. If you want to have strength during this season, I want to change from losing yourself in the Christmas season to losing yourself in the wonder of God. This whole section that talked about a tough time, then responded, the way past that tough time is you got to get lost. you got to get your mind wrapped up, up on who God is and what he has done. you got to stop thinking about yourself so much and start thinking about who God is. Isaiah said this about God. That here, here's quite a few verses. Are you ready for a few verses? He said he's enthroned right now in the circle above the earth, and the people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, and he spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted and no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, these, these rulers, than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? No one. Who, who is my equal? No one, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Oh my goodness, there's enough there. It's interesting that the election has already taken place, but we're still talking political talk. Do you know what I'm saying? I was amazed that even in our teen group last night, we were talking about Trump and Trump Tower, and, and they even had a lens on, like, political things. And I don't care what side you're on. You can be a Christian, Republican, Democrat. I'm, I'm not going to use my chips there. Um, but it's interesting how much fear there is. Like, if anything, there's interesting how much fear there is over the change that will take place or the change of each side. And, and I wanted to give something to you that happened to me in my personal study. I, I was reading um, from the Bible on, on my own this week, and, and I encourage you to do that. But I was reading from the book of Daniel. And in Daniel, the Spirit of God hit me in a way that I'm like, if it would just hit God's people, like, they'd be okay. Like, if they got this lesson from Daniel, like, they would be like, okay, God's in charge. I'm going to be okay. Can I tell you what I was reading? Can I tell you? Just say yes. Okay, thank you. Hey, give me permission. Thank you. I, I was reading about this, and maybe you had it in Sunday school, where there was a vision from Nebuchadnezzar who saw a statue, and a statue of a head of gold, and then silver and bronze, and then iron and clay. Does anyone remember this story? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, a few, a few, a few. Let me explain. It was a vision, and this was in about 600 B.C., of the next nations that were to come. Let, let me see. Here it is. Okay, so... Daniel was receiving this vision during the time of Babylon, which is about 600 B.C. 
And what Daniel was able to do was foretell what would happen in the next 900 years. God was so in control that he gave Daniel the power to say, this is what's going to happen in the next 900 years of world power. Is not God in control? Because what Daniel saw was that after Babylon, which, which he was a part of, would come the Persian Empire, which we know of. And then after that would come the Greece Empire and Alexander the Great, if you've heard of him. And then you'd have the Roman Empire in which Jesus was born, all the Caesars, that would end around 500 A.D. So Daniel from God was getting a picture of what would happen in the next 500 years because the God overall gave him that lens. Do you see who's in control? Anyone, anyone, anyone. Anyone, anyone, anyone. Or then, and then I had in, in chapter 10, I was continuing to read Daniel. And look what happens here. An angel of God appears to Daniel. And this angel of God appears and he says this. He says, do you know why I have come to you, the angel of God? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece, Alexander the Great, will come. If you're following with me in scripture, this means the angels of God are getting involved in like world powers. And like God is actually behind the rise and fall of various kingdoms. And it is nothing to God when one ruler is created and one ruler steps down because God is still in control holding you in the palm of his hand. Does anyone get this? That's amazing. And I'm just here to say that if he's got crazy warrior angels who control kingdoms, that maybe you're going to be okay because those same angels guard you in all your ways. That's awesome. Sorry. Okay. So maybe it didn't hit you like it hit me, but I hope maybe you got like 10% of what I got and it'd still be enough. So this God, we get to lose ourselves in wonder too. And now I am so undone, I don't even know where I am. <clears throat> Thank you. Aha. Well, there is more. There is more. And, and what it also refers to is this idea that, that he is the creator God. That he is the creator God. And this creator God, he does this. And I consider this especially at Christmas... Because really, aren't we trying to, like, emulate what God does every night? Like, have you been in, in the neighborhood where, you know, um, Clark Griswold is trying to, you know, outdo God? You know what I'm saying? And, like, he still didn't do out God, did he? Like, God's got the shooting stars and the millions and billions of stars that, that will never be undone. Like, his display we try to emulate and it will never be undone. That's how awesome God is, right? Or when the snow falls, have you ever studied snow? Some really nice person gave me this book about a snowflake. And if you ever just like put the microscope on a, on a snowflake, the, the artistry and the intricacy of, of what's happening there. And then maybe some of you are really into science. And, and, and just so you know, I don't think science is opposed to God. You can love science and God at the same time. I think they work in cahoots, actually. But maybe in your discussion, you, you found a time and a place where you've studied something that, that, that just showed you the wonder of anatomy of another object or showed you the wonder of the world we live in. And I, just, I would just permit to you that, that maybe God is, is worthy of getting lost in wonder of him. It's worthy to lose ourselves, not thinking about us anymore, but thinking about him. But the greatest wonder has to be his love. It has to be this Christmas story. That he had no right to love us. But he sent his son, as we're going to celebrate, who was born of a virgin named Mary, 
who was announced by those same warrior angels. This son, Jesus, he was the true man. He was like us in every way. He was tempted in every way. So when we need someone to empathize with us, he can empathize with us even when we feel heaven is silent. This son would give his life. And because he was true man, he could die and give his life as a ransom for all. But he was also true God. And as true God, he could live perfectly in our place. As true God, when he gave his life on the cross, it could be payment for all people, for everyone to be welcome, for everyone to belong, for everyone to know they have a Savior and they are redeemed. This love is what we base this church on, that we can lose ourselves in and have comfort and strength no matter the season, because it's not going away. Lose yourself in that wonder. You know, Isaiah had some words about when wonder takes hold and when the wonder of his love takes hold. Isaiah said this. He said, so you have comfort, which if you translate it literally could be saying, he's saying breathe again. You're in a tough season. You just need to be told from God, would you just breathe again? Just breathe again. Because this, your hard service has been completed. If you've been in warfare over the state of your soul, if you've been living in guilt and shame, no more. You don't wrestle for peace. You don't fight for peace. Peace has been won through Jesus. That her sins have been paid for. That she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. I love that imagery, double for all our sins. Sometimes we say about sins they are paid in full, but that gives a better nuance. We sing this song sometimes that says, our sin was as deep as the sea, but God's grace went deeper still. And it kind of reminds me even of buying gifts. I don't know if you bought any gifts so far. And I was looking at an Xbox One, and it was like $250. And uh, maybe I'll buy it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Um, I love games. Anyway. Um, and, uh, and, and so if, if I went and I said, can I buy this uh, $250 Xbox One for $500? Do you think they would give it to me? Yeah, and the, the clerk might pocket the extra. I don't know what they would do, right? Um, but, 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 but what this imagery is saying is that you thought your sins were bad? Were they $250? Were they 1000 you need to know Jesus paid 502000 You need to know that if they needed to be paid for twice, they already have been. So are you at peace with God. So much has your warfare been ended. Claim this peace during Christmas. It's awesome. So that's how we get strength. We stop thinking about ourselves so much, and we start thinking about God. He's a good God. But I'm not quite done. I have one more point. I want to talk a little bit about, well, before, I want to get everyone involved. We're a little bit quiet. Could you just turn to your neighbor and say this? Could you say, breathe again, God is in control? Just turn to the person next to you and say, breathe again, God is in control. Breathe again, God is in control. Breathe again, God is in control. And while you're talking to your neighbor, also tell them this. What is something you're expecting this Christmas? It could be some food. It could be a present. It could be, you know, you're looking at your spouse in a diamond ring. I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, uh, hint, hint. And, uh, you know, talk to him about that. What are you expecting this Christmas? What are you expecting this Christmas? It's a season filled with expectation, isn't it? If I would let you in, I, I would say I expect to drink a glass of eggnog sometime. Um, I expect to uh, go downtown Chicago with my family. We love downtown. We love Chicago. We love going downtown as a family. 
Um, my, my kids are expectant. Uh, they want uh, things called num-noms. Num-noms. Sounds ridiculous. It's made in China. It's plastic. It's great. Awesome. Um, and Shopkins shoppies. We have expectant hearts for Shopkins shoppies. What are you expecting? If I change your lens a little bit, do we have right to expect God for anything? What can we expect from God? Ever thought about that? It probably won't be the Lexus with a bow on. I'm still waiting on that one, right? Um, it probably won't be everything on our Christmas list, but what, what can we expect from God? Well, as you're, as you're thinking about that, let me share with you some, some words. Uh, these are the next words. Um, it says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope, and I say expect it because that's, that's the Hebrew for hope. It's literally, I expect you for something, God. I expect you're going to give me something, God. When I expect in the Lord, he will renew strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So as I turn to our fill in the blank, and you would guess... What can you expect from God? What do you think? It's a hard question. It's not going to have dreams come true. It's not going to be better roses. But, but here's where I've landed. Are you ready? I believe we can come to God for this. And it doesn't mean the season's going to change. It doesn't mean everything is now perfect. It just means that whatever you're in, there is strength available for you from God to get through it. Emotional strength from God to get through it. Financial strength from God to provide for all the needs. Strength in any relationship to get through it from God. I believe it with all my heart. You know, there was a man named Paul, and he taught me a little bit about strength. Because Paul had a situation he wished he could have been out of. If you know Paul, he, he was a super apostle for God. He was like tight with God, best buds with God, used by God. But he had a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what that thorn was. Maybe it was a relative. I don't know. Maybe it was an eye disease. I don't know. Maybe it was a particular uh, difficult situation. I don't know. But Paul, he, he prayed for God. He said, God, if I could just be done with this waiting season, done with this hard season, I'd be so much better, God. So he pleaded three times. But let me ask you, did he take it away? Did he change the season? No. All he did was give Paul strength. Because you can expect God for strength, can't you? And so Paul, he said this. I'm going to skip past a few things real quick. He said, so... Because God said this, I'll be okay with weakness. He, he learned, my grace is sufficient for you, for God's power is made perfect in weakness. What he found was this. A situation may not change, but the strength that God gives will be sufficient. I wish I could tell you two thicks, 2016's Christmas is going to be awesome. The banner year. The best Christmas you've ever had. I'm not sure it will be. But this I do know. As you expect, as you hope in the Lord, He's going to give you strength. If you lose yourself in wonder of Him, you're going to have hope. May God so bless you. Let me pray for you. We pray.
Heavenly Father, so we do confess our need for your strength. And give each one this day the comfort of knowing you see, the comfort of knowing you are there, and the comfort of knowing you are in control. But now give us strength to get through any circumstance, whether good, bad, or in between, as we put all of our hope in you. Amen. Please stand.